Hi, I'm Sylvia Flanagan, and thanks for lending an ear to Kickstarts, where I outline motivational principles and strategies, offer personal development and relationship tips, and discuss this sometimes complicated and wonderful thing called life. I'm a licensed therapist and motivational coach, and I hope what I share adds value to your day. The content in this podcast is educational and informational only, and is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for seeking therapy from a licensed mental health professional. Hi, and welcome to Kickstarts. I'm your host, Sylvia Flanagan. Today, I'm going to talk about what I call quiet conflict. Unfortunately, quiet conflict is a pretty familiar and unfortunate dynamic I see in a lot of the couples that I work with. One person is desperately trying to engage their partner to talk more and communicate, but the other one just keeps shutting down and won't talk. It's an obvious stalemate and no relationship can keep going or keep going well with this type of pattern. The two most common questions I get from clients are, why does my partner do this and how do I improve communication and get my partner to engage? So today I'm going to look at those two questions and answer those two questions. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll have a lot better understanding and make sense of why your partner isn't talking, what you may or may not be able to do about it, and maybe how you can take care of yourself. So let's look at the first question. Why does my partner refuse to talk? Now, there are several reasons why someone might refuse to communicate to another person, but these are the leading causes. Number one is that your partner is emotionally immature and just doesn't have good communication skills. Maybe your partner grew up in a home where they didn't talk about problems and the family didn't resolve issues. Or they might have been criticized when they tried to speak up. And they learned at a really young age to just internalize those feelings and thoughts because that got them a better outcome than trying to talk about it or trying to reveal their feelings. They might have also grown up in a really chaotic home where there was a ton of conflict. So they, they came to associate communication with negativity. In any case, people who grow up in any of these types of settings rarely learn how to communicate or talk effectively, and they develop a style of avoidance. They just learn to avoid the tough stuff, and they avoid to talk about what they need to to resolve an issue. But they've got to learn to communicate and gather the necessary skills as an adult and essentially develop a new language. But unfortunately, They just haven't done so yet. The second reason why your partner doesn't communicate or might shut down is because they may become emotionally flooded. Sometimes a person has the necessary skills and they know how to talk, but they become emotionally flooded. And this leads to a type of shutdown where feelings and needs just can't be identified and articulated in the moment. Basically, what's happening is the limbic system in the brain, which is the fight, flight, or freeze area, it's activated and it limits the use of the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that can identify and articulate their needs and their thoughts successfully. 
In this case, time and space are needed for the limbic system to settle down. And that gives the person the ability to accurately, accurately identify and communicate what they're actually feeling and wanting. The best tool for this scenario is a timeout. If the person who becomes flooded can learn to ask for a timeout or just get some space, a quiet time to just settle down, then after they become flooded, they can get this, they can get this space. They can figure out with their prefrontal cortex what they really were, were feeling and what they're really needing. And then they can return to the conversation when they're able to engage and articulate their thoughts and their needs, and a lot of misunderstanding and disagreement can be avoided. The third reason why your partner might shut down and not communicate is that they're simply manipulative. Unfortunately, some people use the silent treatment as a means of control or punishment. They attempt to hurt their partner or influence their partner or their partner's behavior behavior, and leverage positioning by refusing to communicate and talk about what's really going on and try to resolve the issue. Now, this is the worst case scenario, and I don't recommend participating in relationship with people who use this tactic. It's not only disrespectful, but it's also a form of emotional abuse, and it has red flags written all over it. So as I said earlier, the second question that's most typical and common from my clients in this scenario is what can I do to improve communication in my relationship? If you have a partner who struggles to communicate, there's a lot of things that you can do to help the situation. But remember, you can't solve it. You can't get your partner to talk better. You can introduce ideas, but you can't make them do the work. And if you start thinking that you can do that, you're going to start to over-function and you're going to lose sight of yourself, you're going to lose sight of your needs, and you might stay in a situation that is unhealthy for too long. But the first thing you might want to do, and I recommend this, is just model good communication yourself and express your needs. Model the type of communication you would like to receive. Don't fall prey to your frustration and don't fall prey to your triggers, and resort to blaming or criticizing. Articulate what you feel and what you want and avoid pointing out what your partner doesn't do. Instead, model what you want your partner to do by doing it yourself. Now, I'm not saying you don't want to point out what you want changed, but it's better to ask for what you want them to do instead of pointing out what you don't want them to do. The second thing to consider is going to couples therapy. Now, couples therapy is a platform that can focus specifically on patterns of communication. Therapy isn't just about figuring out what's wrong with you and going back to your childhood starting at age two. A good therapist won't focus on the content of your disagreements, but they're going to address the method and style of how you communicate. In other words, like I say to my clients, when you When you argue about the dishes, it's never about the dishes. A good therapist should never talk about the fight you had over the dishes, but try to get underneath that and figure out what triggered who and how they responded to that trigger. The therapist should be direct about their observations, but create an atmosphere where both people feel really comfortable 
and don't feel blamed. The third thing you might want to do to improve your communication is read books and research online. I mean, online especially is a wonderful resource, and online is a great resource to find out what books will help you. If therapy isn't the preferred method, there are a lot of good resources available online. And like I said, there's countless books and online articles discussing healthy communication and the the essential components. It would be a great place to start and can be done as a couple, especially if you don't want to start therapy. So what if your partner doesn't change? If your partner doesn't change after you've put a lot of effort into changing your own communication style and trying to model what you think is really healthy communication, I don't suggest continued efforts and I don't suggest trying to change them because that's usually a futile effort. At this point, it's really important to look at your own needs and your own choices. If there's a pattern in history of your partner not meeting your needs, despite the fact that you've had countless attempts asking for it and trying to model what you want them to to return back to you. If you've done this over and over and you haven't got the result that you want and the change that you want, then you owe it to yourself to put yourself in a position so your needs can be met by someone else. And when I say needs met by someone else, I don't mean just trying to jump into another relationship, but first start by honoring yourself and meeting your own needs. So often a person won't get out of a relationship because they feel their partner, quote, has potential, or they say to me often in session, but I'm in love. Now look closely and ask yourself whether you're in love with the reality of the relationship and the person or if you're in love with their potential, or if you're in love with what you saw the first three or six months of your relationship. One is real and the other is most likely fantasy. If you haven't seen what you've wanted in a long, long time, and if you haven't seen any evidence of it in a long, long time. Now, this is really hard. But at this point, the only real influence you have is over yourself and not over your partner who continues to demonstrate that they aren't willing to change. Loss is tough, but it opens up the door to new life and new love. And it also opens up the door to a new relationship with yourself. You got this. If you like this episode, and you want to hear more, please leave me a review and a rating. Please subscribe to my show and also share it with a friend. And you go out and you have yourself a great day.